Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode two, season two of G-Spot with TK, and this is the T and the Gag. So I'm super excited about today's show. Um, the guests I have are incredibly um, talented, uh, very smart, funny. Like I knew that these two would work magic together. Um, so it was very important for me to have both of you all on this show with me. Um, this is my first episode dedicated to the awareness and um, informative um, LGBTQ community. I definitely wanted to have this episode because I feel like there's a lot of ignorance and stigma that surrounds um, the African-American community um, as a whole when it comes to sexual orientation. So without further ado, I'm going to have Casey and Ryan introduce themselves. All right. So hi, everybody. I am Casey. Um, I'm 28 years old, originally from Richmond, Virginia. Um, you know, I met TK. You know, we, we work for the same uh, company a little while ago, but, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 10 year, you know, Army veteran. And um, I, I've definitely experienced a lot right now. I'm currently, you know, a, in school to be a barber stylist and you know i'm just trying to find my way and do my own thing so i'm really happy to be here i think you know we got a good group we're bringing a lot of a lot of good stuff to the table so i'm excited to get into this hello to all the listeners and viewers my name is brian marshall i'm a native of nashville i'm tennessee i left for a while for school came back um, i grad i went to tuskegee university uh, went to clark atlanta university um, went to school here, child. I'm flew. I've been a long Sunday fun day. Um, Lipscomb University is where I got my master's. I got my master's in civic leadership, and right now I'm currently working on my doctorate degree, my doctorate in education and leadership and professional practice. So professionally, what I do is um, I have an organization here in Nashville called Mash Up Nashville, and it is an organization that um, gives visibility to the health disparities and, and, and inequities of black gay males and trans women of color. And I started that um, three years ago. And so, um, you know, we keep, we keep it on pushing, keep on pushing. Yeah, good for you. That's what's up. I'm happy that you're part of this conversation. That's what's up. Yeah. Yes, and it's a great organization to be involved in. And he's doing so much for the community, um, Casey. Um, I think you guys definitely should connect on that level. Um, because he does always make sure to try to give back. And I know you're huge with that and um, just service and just being a good person. And overall, like I said, I couldn't think of two better people to do this show with that I think needed to meet each other. And so for me, um, okay, I, I, I know when I, for me, I, I didn't know that there was this many letters in the al alphabet. So all I, all I am familiar with is LGBTQ. So today, I don't know what made me Google it. I, today I just Googled it and I got LGBTQQIAAP. Okay. So since- So I'm gonna tell you something. With all them letters, I'm gonna be learning too, okay? I'm gonna be learning too because Cause I stopped at the queue where you were at. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to know, you know, I need to know. So, so we all, so all of us are familiar where, where we stop at with queue. 
Yes. Okay. So the second cue is questioning. Oh yeah. Okay. And then there's oh, yes. okay. and then there's intersex, asexual, I lie, pansexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So okay, questioning. Can we talk about that? Like, what? What? Any? Uh, Brian, I know you probably have a little bit more hindsight on this because you are kind of an advocate right now. So, I just, what does questioning? What What does that mean? Um. So, I'm gonna be very honest with you. So, let me let me just say state this. So, I have, you know, worked in the field with black gay males and and black trans women, um, for about seven eight years. Mm-hmm. And, Although we are a part of the community, there are still things that I don't really understand because culturally, ethnically, that may not be our language. And so as far as like, you know, now I have worked at organizations that have provided me that space to learn other things, but when I I don't interact with, you know, people who identify with all those other things, it's hard for me to explain exactly what it is. And so I'm just going to kind of read off my notes, but basically question is somebody who is still in the process of figuring out um, what their gender identity is. So they know they may know that, you know, something is different, you know, I may have attraction here or there, but they're just not sure. And so that's pretty much the questioning part. And really, even if you don't identify that, there's a lot of people who still question it. Definitely. They don't know that they're that cute. But, um, I know that's right. <laughs> and that's what I thought when I read questioning. I said, okay, so they're not 100% sure who they identify right. is, but they're curious and they're kind of, they have some questions about their sexuality. So and that's what you I know. That they're exploring until they figure out exactly what it is because they may not know up front. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say, you know, in the beginning of my journey, I was about 13 or 14 years old when I got comfortable with, you know, expressing my sexuality, just saying it out loud. So I think that like that questioning might be those young kids that maybe like are not sure what their safe space is. When I was younger, I wasn't sure where my safe space was. You know, I didn't know whether it was being wholeheartedly and able to say that, you know, hey, I'm a lesbian or is it like, am I bisexual? Do I feel like, you know, and you don't always have to know right now, you know, sometimes it's a journey. Everybody goes through their things, but I can definitely say I understand and I can process being, you know, having that that questioning part of your mind, especially when maybe even you know what you are and you're just not willing to say. I think that it's whatever you make real is what it is. So I've definitely been in that place where I was questioning um, during my earlier years, 13 or 14 years old. Um, and I wasn't sure what I wanted. So I think that questioning is definitely, you know, those people that are just in that in between, not sure where they're comfortable yet. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And I have to, and and I have to add this since we're talking about questions. I may as well tell you what I told TK before you came on the line now because yeah. the question conversation when we first, you know, started to group me and and and, and introduce us to who would be a part of this live. I I thought I didn't wasn't sure. I I thought you know you cute pretty boy, I did. And so I was like I was like damn damn he found a something child. <laughs> Okay. And then I, then, I, then I clicked on the profile, <laughs> looking a little harder. Jeez. And I said, I said, oh, but to, to bring it back to the questioning, you know, lately um, I have found myself being very attracted to female um, that express their self the way that you do. And I'm questioning I'm what, what- I love that. And I'm, and I'm questioning, what is that? <laughs> It really made me go back and think about when I was in grade school that, you know, I would be attracted to the female basketball players 
who, you know, during during that time, they actually, you know, were straight. And I, and I dated a few female basketball players, but now they, you know, full-on, you know, lesbian situation. So I'm yeah. like, why was it that I was only attracted to the, the females who end up being a lesbian and did not be attracted to the, you know, the female, the cis females? I don't yeah. think we got into your, to your gen, the gender identity yet, so I'll wait till you tell me that. Um, but the ones who present as you, would, I don't know, I'm still questioning that, TK, so we got to, y'all help me figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I'm like Casey Snott in my DM or something, child. I don't know. Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> I love it. So, Casey, can you tell Brian um, and others um, who are listening uh, how do you identify? Yes, I identify as a masculine presenting lesbian. I mean, that's really you know what it is. I'm, my pronouns are she and her. And um, I'm fully, you know, like a woman. I just happen to love other women. So that's really, you know, what it comes down to. Yeah. Okay. And so I thought that, but I just wanted you to yeah, say it you yourself. Know, you have to be, you have to be, you know, like real and, and drill down to it. Because these days it's different than, than what it used to be. Now people expect you to know. People want to know what you know about yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I, I, I definitely can say at this point in my life, I, I definitely um, am she, her, and I, I, I like women. That's really it. <laughs> okay. Only other thing that I wasn't familiar with, ally. What, what, does that, what does that mean? Like, am I, would I be considered an ally? A lot of my friends are uh, lesbian or queer. You know, am I considered an ally? So I would, let me just, let me just, I think I have to break this down just a little bit um, because me and one of my mutual friends, I, we, we a lot of times have debates um, about, about these. I won't say a name, child, because I want to, until I'm calling yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, an ally is not just somebody who simply says that I understand and, you know, know somebody um, in the LGBT community. Oh, yes. Ooh, that's my friend. Um, oh yes, we hang out. So now I'm an ally. No, an ally really is is that is that intermediate person or that almost liaison person um, between possibly the straight community and the LGBT community, who also not only supports uh, by showing up and and offering service to how, how they can offer service, but also taking the information that they learn, just like we mm -hmm. hope business do, and go back and educate those people when they're in their only straight environments and they know that somebody in their only straight environment says something that's not right, that they will also correct them when they're not, you know, on a um, on a, a Zoom call like this or not on a podcast like this, but when they're behind closed doors with their family and friends, um, we need that person who claims to be the ally to say, no, you don't need to say that. No, that's not right. And educate them. So to me, Absolutely. that's what an ally is. Ally is not just simply, oh, you're my friend and we go to the club and take shots and twerk together. That's not the ally. So an ally is very educated and just very aware of the community and can speak on behalf of the community. Not just someone you're friends with or someone you hang out with, but someone, like you said, who's basically a liaison. So mm -hmm. that means that anything that I can ask you to, I can ask that person and they can explain it just as well. And they are abreast of all the changes and all the dynamics that's going through the community. That's right. Okay. All right, so no, I'm not an ally because here I am asking questions. <laughs> so apparently I don't know, you know what I mean? But I love y'all, but it's a lot of things that I don't know. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's okay because guess what, TK? There are a lot of things that even somebody like myself 
who's been working in this field for almost eight years, I'm still learning things on a day-to-day -day basis. And so you never stop learning. And so just because you're in a learning process, I mean, I guess we can add a new term and say you're a, a questioning ally. And so, <laughs> yes, so add me, a, add me another Q in here. Three Q. That's so important because that shows you're wanting to learn and you're heading in the right direction of educating yourself so you can go back and be that full ally that I know you're going to be because, you know, I know that, you know, you're going to. Yeah, because I just, for me, I hate ignorance. And I think a lot of times um, people speak loudly and boastfully about things that they don't know. You know what I mean? And like you said, things have changed. Both of you have said things have changed. You know, there's not just a homosexual or lesbian anymore. Like there's so many different terms. There's so many different identities that people self-identify as. And it's important for you to know that. I was on a live the other day and um, a woman was speaking about, she says she doesn't identify as anything. She likes all, you know, women and men and whatever. So for me, I was like, oh, are you a pansexual? And she was like, no, I do not identify as any of that you know what i mean like i'm just letting you know however i'm feeling and whoever i'm attracted to that's what i do you know what yeah. i mean so yeah. i was like oh so you don't she was like i'm not any one of the f i do not identify you know i'm just letting you know this is who i am and i was like okay you know but i'm glad that i asked um because a lot of people was like in the comments they was like oh yes that is a pansexual yeah and she was verbatimly like no that's not a pansexual <laughs> you know but you know go ahead I feel like, you know, it's, it's easier for people to marginalize and it's easier that way. When we can put somebody in a box and give them a name, it's easier for us to process them because if we're like, okay, then if they're this, then X, Y, and Z is applicable to them. Right. And that's not how reality works. You know what I'm saying? In reality, we are people that are given the physical. We're given this body and this person to go through move throughout life with but really our true self people that are attached and and really have that connection with them themselves don't like to be boxed they don't like to be marginalized they don't like it because they feel like if you put them in a box they're underappreciated if you just they just want to be seen for who they are and they want to to be accepted for like for me in particular i'm not someone who's you know there's some people that can say, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, your physicalities, it doesn't matter all those things. I love the person that you are. I love the soul. I love the personality, all those things. For me, right. I have a type. I have someone that, a certain thing that I'm attracted to. I'm not afraid to say that. Some people are not. So we can't try to box everybody in in the same ways that, we, you know what I mean? Because it just doesn't work like that. You have right. to accept whatever it is that person is giving you. So if they're saying, no, I'm not a pansexual, no. I don't belong in a box. Don't put me there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have to respect that. And I did respect that. Yeah. But it's important, like I said, to ask questions because otherwise you are oblivious in what we know yeah. as to be ignorant on subjects. Yeah. So to piggyback off that, my first question to both of you, um, and uh, I guess, Casey, we can ask you first, at what age did you realize um, your sexuality? Um, were you able to understand this is who I am? Wow, no. I, I was probably, when I started to realize my sexuality, I was probably six or seven years old. Was I in a place mentally that I could understand where I was? No, 
I knew what I was feeling, but based on the outside world, did it make sense? No. Okay. You know what I mean? It didn't start making sense until I was a little bit older, but I knew what I was attracted to and I knew what I was interested in six, seven, eight years old. Because I can remember you know us having I mean? a conversation one time and you were like, you hated dresses. Yeah, you was like I, I hated. You was like I hated. My mom would dress me up in these dresses, and I'd be like, "Take this shit off!" Like I hated dresses. Yeah, and you know, I didn't hate dresses because it was a dress. I hated dresses because it held a definition that was put on me when I put the dress on. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't that I I hated dresses. I mean, I look at dresses now and I think they're pretty, but how I feel with the dress on is different. So, I mean, that's really what it was for me, you know, like I was probably comfortable knowing what I liked at about six or seven, comfortable with understanding why I didn't want to be, I I really didn't want to be in that box. I didn't want to, okay, Casey's a girl, she has to wear a dress, and that's just how it has to be. I couldn't look at myself any other way, and I knew I was different. I knew I was like a different, you know, I didn't hate the dress, but it wasn't me. You yes. know, so that's really what it was about for me personally. So you'll say six, about six or seven. Yeah, about six or seven. I knew. I knew then. <laughs> I knew then. So, Brian, how about you? Well, um, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to determine um, because growing up, I just I just knew that I was just me. Like, all I, all mm-hmm. I knew was that I ain't nobody else but Brian Ozzy Marshall. Yes. Whatever that looked like, however that looks, that's all I know. But looking back through, you know, grade school years, you know, I remember people would say things and I'd be like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, I looked like I was, I was, I was you know, I had a girlfriend in middle school, you know, I had girlfriends in high school. And mm-hmm. when people were like, oh yeah, he did this and this. And then one time, um, this girl I was dating, um, and I think it was night of prom, she said something smart and she didn't think I heard her. <laughs> and... I was pissed the fuck off. And I just didn't understand why she would, you know, say this about me. I'm like, right. I thought about, you know, a dude like that. I'm not even attracted to, you know, anybody like that. And then on top of that, I have been going to performing arts schools since I was in seventh grade. So when you go to a school that's diverse like that and you are around people and accustomed to seeing different types of people, gay, straight, weird, whatever you want to call people, you know, I just consider people just to be themselves. And so it really wasn't until I left and went to college and um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it really wasn't <laughs> till I went to college and my my and you know, let me tell you it was even crazier because people around me were kept trying to get me to say say I'm gay or try, keep, trying to, keep trying to put me in situations to make me say it. And I'm like, why the fuck are y'all getting, now I'm getting upset. I'm like, all my life people keep trying to put this on me, like what the fuck? And then, so the second semester of my sophomore year, I went over to a friend's house, we got real, real wasted. And then, you know. <laughs> and then. So let me ask you, this friend, were they gay? Well, were they out with their sexuality? That particular person was not out, just kind of comfortable, you know. Yes. In the confines of the friends who who would know. But I remember the, the very next day when I when I left the next day. Amen. <laughs> I left the, that morning. You had a walk of shame the next day, Brian. I, I, I had a walk of shame from the apartment complex all the way back <laughs> to the dormitory. 
And that whole Saturday, I sat in my dorm and I was like, so this is what the fuck they were saying all them years? I was like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, so it went it went to a lot in my sophomore year in college, child. I know, I know, amen, Jesus. So, <laughs> so I guess my question to you now, we're gonna go with you first. Um, so you say your sophomore year of college, right? Sophomore year. And so you can't say that you've always felt that way. I just I just knew I just knew that I was me. Like I I, I knew that I I don't like the word different because different make it, it sound like it's like, like it's like a negative connotation to this different word. Yeah. I was a unique human being and I didn't know exactly what that meant. So I knew that I knew I was set apart from everybody else. I just couldn't make sense of it because I didn't have, you know, groups like we have now where I can go to um, as a teenager or, you know, certain programs, organizations that was not available when I was growing up. So there was right. No and then you also you come from a very like Christian background too, right? Like Apparently, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we, we Yeah. To, so you know, I'm yeah. sure like we have a so, good balance. So I mean it ain't that deep. You know, we have a good balance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm like sometimes it's just not openly welcomed or accepted. Right. Um and I think also in the black community and households, back then we just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Like, people would joke or make a little, you know, you may have a, your parents say something smart or an aunt or an uncle or something or a cousin say something crazy or like you say, say something out the way and you have to check their ass. But <laughs> we never really had those conversations. Like right. no one never sat down and talked to you about your sexuality and tell you Definitely. that it's okay that if you don't like, for you, Casey, if you, if you don't like boys, that's okay. Brian, if you don't like girls, it's all right. You know what I mean? Like nobody right. never had those conversations. But see, let me, I'll say this and then I'll let um, Casey speak. Um, the only example that I had is I had a female cousin who she, she had, um, I think like two kids with this dude and then she broke up with him. He, he just, he just fucked her little life over and then she, and then she started dating, dating females and the females that she would date, she would bring home to my, to my big mama's house. My, she would bring home to my grandmother's house and Nobody said anything. We loved all the girlfriends that she brought over. They, the girlfriends that she brought over, they would go sit in the room with the men and watch football and stuff. You know, <laughs> it was you know, but nobody ever said anything negative. And so honestly, I didn't even think that was different or weird to see her have a female, probably because nobody made a big deal about it. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So your families, were mm. they out were they openly accepting off the rip? Go first, child. <laughs> um, <laughs> and your dad is a was an NFL player, right? Yes, 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 yes. My dad played NFL ten years. Um, very strong black man in his community and in the places that he lived. So it was definitely he never though throughout his life. I lost him early. I was about thirteen years old. But through his life, I can't say that he ever made me feel like out of pocket for how I how I was. I don't think that my parents didn't sexualize things that weren't supposed to be at that point in my life. So they gave me the room to explore and learn my sexuality. They didn't make things like for me, it's like, okay, when I'm young and I know, okay, I look at girls differently. I wasn't thinking about it like in a sexual way. It was literally just me going based on how I felt going based on the things that I saw, the things that I was experiencing as a young person. As far as relationships and, you know, 
all that other stuff, they left that for me to grow into. You know what I mean? So honestly, for me, it was like, I think that my parents had a had an understanding of who I was because let's let let's not get it misconstrued. Okay, eighth grade, I had a roller wrap with the side bank. To go along with it. It's not like I just, you know, I literally had to go through stages in my life to really come to terms with who I am. And my parents gave me that space, which I'm very appreciative of in my in my adult life. But, you know, really, you know, all I would say was that I was given the space and opportunity to learn who I am. And I didn't really have to get approval on things that really, I wasn't ready to get approval on yet. You know, by the time I was, I was really ready to say, hey, 13, 14, this is what I like, you know, my life was, I mean, I think that people knew who I was and they saw how I was and they kind of started to accept me prior to me having to say, you know, and some, for some people it's different. Like, their parents expect a completely different thing from them than what they, luckily, well, for me, I can say luckily from the, from the time I was a child, I was really the same kind of masculine. I liked more, you know, of the more masculine things of life. I like to dress more masculine. My dad saw that. My mom saw that. They never pushed me either, or they allowed me to be a child and, and them allowing me and giving me that space. Uh, I was able to figure out what I wanted for myself as I grew into my teenage years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Brian. Well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that naturally all parents who are connected with their children, they they know. And yeah. they know how to. Connected. Uh, yeah, they, 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 know, they know something, you know, and they just don't either want to accept it or just don't know how to have that conversation um, with their with their child, but I I mean, looking back on it, and even there was this instance I can remember in high school when um, my dad came and picked me up one day, and this guy said something smart, and I didn't hear what he said, but my dad heard what he said, and my dad got out the truck, and he walked, <laughs> he walked over to that young man who ain't doing shit with his life now, <clears throat> but um, he walked over to that young man and he said. If, you, if I hear you say one more thing about my son, and I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the rest was because yeah. I ain't gonna tell you what my daddy said. So I'm gonna act like I didn't hear what he said. But I know that after that, that boy ain't said nothing else to me. He, he ain't, I ain't. He, I Your daddy he, checked his ass, like, yeah, and that's what, did. and that's what we will hope for our parents, our loved ones to do. Um, everyone's not so lucky or fortunate. Um, in those instances, I had a friend who her whole life struggled with just coming out and being open and honest to us who we always knew like from the beginning we knew but she had that issue because she feared like rejection from her parents and her family and stuff like that so like you said most parents who are connected um and know their kids they know there were there were, there were certain things and i'm and I'm, I'm not even mad at my parents i'm not even blaming them because you know until you truly until we, until you have the skills and the tools to raise, you know, black LGBTQ children, um, or and, and actually help have tools to help the parent raise yeah. a black. LGBTQ, I I I kind of don't fault unless you just you know you're a parent who has been abusive and just just you outright just being some kind of way. Then we got a problem, but we'll get to that later. But you know, there were certain things that my parents would say or certain things they would do that kind of threw me off. That looking back on it, you know, they 
probably just wasn't comfortable with it and was still struggling and dealing um, with that. And so I give them some grace. Um, yeah. I actually didn't um, let them know officially until maybe like three years ago. Um, I was, was with this person who is irrelevant now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my mom, she hit me up and she was like, um, it was my birthday. She said, you know, I made dinner for you, so you need to come over here. And at that time, I don't know what made me say this, but I told the person who I was with at the time, I was like, um, so I guess I'm going to tell my parents said, like, you're my friend. And he got really upset. And I was like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I do? What am I do? And so in that moment, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And so I sent, and I did that. This is real. Don't, yeah, I don't laugh. I sent my parents <laughs> sent my parents an email. It was a nice little email that I had worked on that whole day. And I was like, on my birthday, on my 32nd birthday, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. This is what it is. If y'all don't accept it, I ain't coming to the birthday dinner. And that's that. And then my mom called me, or she texted me, rather. She was like, I cooked all this food. She said, if you don't get your, your ass, you and him, get over here and eat this food I cook. We're going to have a problem. And so I took I took took him over there to my, to my parents' house. And then, you know, my mom, she, you know, she actually took, took him outside and had a conversation with him for about an hour, which to this day, neither her or, you know, I don't talk to him, but he would never tell me what my mama said, but I know where my mama is from and what street she grew up on and how much she loved her kids. So I kind of have an idea what she said, but that let me know that she was cool. But my dad, you know, he was actually cool with him when he first met him too. But then like the next day, my dad was just like, you know, just until I kind of get just can you not you know post you know anything on social media and all that kind of stuff i was like Dad, i don't even post something anyway yeah. so i keep my stuff to myself but i i mean i i you know i had to say this and then I'm, I'm gonna move on there were so many years that i think i was i was really depressed um mm. i would be drinking my little life away and smoking my little life away because I was trying to figure out how do I let my parents know how is it that I'm this person who is working in this field, helping all these LGBTQ youth out in these streets, but I haven't really been able to have that conversation with my parents. So it was a really depressed time. And also I was, I would see how the young people that I was working with, how their parents treated them. And so because I didn't have the same resources they had, me being an adult, still struggling with having that conversation with my parents, even though I'm sure they already knew, I'm sitting at home that's just just, just, just in a really dark place. And so I'm gonna tell you all the truth for your listeners. I, I was really upset, I was pissed when I finally let them know that they were so welcoming. I'm like, after all this fucking time, y'all should, should have been cussing me out, y'all should have kicked me out the house, y'all should have did all this stuff that I thought that y'all would have done, but they didn't. And so I'm so grateful that I have that memory of my parents not doing what I thought that they would have done. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes, yes. So I guess I, I guess we're gonna get a little deeper into this. And what was your first experience? Well Brian, we've already answered the question on your first experience, but I still want you to talk about it. Um but Casey, what was your first experience? <laughs> you know the crazy thing is like my first experience was in the ninth grade. Now, I had come out to my mother when I was about 13, almost 14. And I said, hey, I like women, but I didn't. I wasn't comfortable enough to say, I like women and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I had to come to her with something else to make it better. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm bisexual. I think I 
this, you know what I mean? And, and I knew that she knew the difference. I knew she was like, you know what? That's not the truth. But either way, she allowed me to express myself in that way. And then, you know, um, as she's, as me and her, as we started talking and, you know, she got more comfortable. Once my mom acknowledged the fact that, hey, like my daughter is a lesbian and that's what it's going to be. I felt like my whole world opened up when she acknowledged just my mom, when she acknowledged that I just, you know, process things in my own way and that I am my, an, an individual and I'm not set to live up to the status quo that made me feel so much better i didn't need anyone else's approval so after that you know i was like okay i'm really gonna start getting serious or whatever so maybe by 10th grade i had my first girlfriend that i was really you know like me and her were that was a relationship thing it was like my first real one and i guess that would be my first experience i was about in the 10th grade and let me not kid you i had no idea what i was doing just like any other kid should go into a sexual situation not knowing what's going on. I did that same thing. Just because it was with a woman, it didn't change the, the fact that I didn't know what was going on. So, you know, going into that situation, I did a lot of research. I looked at a lot of stuff, trying to figure out A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, how I'm supposed to handle this situation. <laughs> but um, to answer your question, I was in the 10th grade. I was almost 16. Um, from my first experience, and I definitely had to do a lot of digging to make sure I was comfortable going into it, but it was it was definitely young, and <laughs> I, I gotta admit that I wasn't sure what the hell I was, what, what, what was going on, but you know, I got through it, that's for sure. You were confident enough to get you a little girlfriend. Yeah, hello? But you know <laughs> Hello? But you know, that situation, I can't say was based on that was I think that was both our first experience together, like with another woman. So that was nice to share with someone that hadn't been there. So I didn't feel too, you know, like J. Cole in the song trying to go through. That's literally what I did, too. I literally went through A to Z, like, how am I going to get through this? I know she's coming over here on Friday to do something other than hang out. How am I going to handle this? I really had to go through the steps. Um, it was just like any other situation, but I was about in the sixth grade when I first came to terms that I wanted to, you know, take the next level and experience when it came to a partner. Okay. Yeah. Take a sip. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Ryan, you spoke of this situation, your sophomore year, right, of college, correct? That was your first experience. Mm -hmm. How did that make you, okay, you said the next day you was just sitting there like, damn, like, so was it mind-blowing because of the experience or mind-blowing <laughs> because it was like an epiphany almost? Well, I have to be very honest. Um, the person that I had that experience with before we had the experience, you know, you talked about, you know, being raised in a Christian background. I think I still had some of that Christian teaching just embedded in me to where before that experience, when they actually let, when, when, when he and all the friends that he was around actually, you know, let me know what was going on with them. I actually would, and I'm so ashamed to say this, but I would be like, how is it? How, how are y'all gay? And this is against the Bible, and y'all call yourself Christians. I would be. I was that person. Ah. Uh -huh. and, and honestly, I I hate that part um, of, of of the history of my life because 
that was one of those judgmental people who none of us in, in this community want to have to deal with. And I, well, and I, we are a product of our upbringing and our surroundings. So you can't really criticize yourself too deeply about that because I mean, we've all been there based mm -hmm. on the things we've heard our parents say or the, you know, our upbringing. Like mm -hmm. I, I specifically wanted to source things for myself sometimes because I felt my mama was too critical or judgmental or just her way of thinking. I didn't want to think that way. You know what I mean? So I, I purposely found out things my own or like now ask questions or or more intrigued about what's going on because there is no just like like Casey said, everybody, it's not a box. We, we're all out here just navigate through this thing of our way of life. So definitely don't, you know, criticize yourself too bad about that, but go ahead. But, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I let that go. I just, I just, you know, we don't even talk. And that, that person actually is a really close friend. Was that brunch with me today, child? Okay. I'm so sorry. Anyway, that, that next day, I went through some emotions I, I can't even put into words. Like, mm. I didn't leave my, my dormitory the whole entire day. Because first, I was like, where did this come from? When did this start? All the stuff that people would say about me, I guess it's true. And so I went, was going through that, you know, questioning situation, even on that day, um, to towards the latter part of the night, once I kind of got over that, I started thinking about um, how much fun I had the night before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know, I know you feel this kind of way about what just happened and what just transpired. But the part that really stuck with me was the fact that I actually enjoyed it and that scared the shit out of me i was like what the fuck is this oh my god and so I, you know it was just a whole new new journey and so i don't even really i try not to even consider him because we're like really really close 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 friends to where if we even bring that up it's like discussing to talk about but um i would say after that when i actually like had the first person that i that i dated I knew right then and there, I was like, oh, this this is it. So not not the first time I rode around the bed with somebody. That, that was just the, the 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 introduction to what actually mm. was. But it's when I had that first person, I was just head over heels for, I said, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm very clear that, that this is exactly what, what, what was going on. Very clear, very clear. Yeah. Nice, okay, all right. I, I wonder, I, I would like to think that your first experience is also like one of those times where you're just at that point totally secure in who you are. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like I said, an epiphany almost, to, to, especially to your story, because you, you all this time was like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? You just knew who you were. You knew how you like to do things and what you thought. So you didn't see anything wrong with that. You knew, like you said, it was a special part of you, but you hadn't tapped into that yet. So it's very intriguing. So you say now you and the person are friends. Like y'all still are friends, of course. We were friends when that happened, child. I, yeah. just don't, I don't know what happened, child. I just don't know. <laughs> but um, oh Lord, that was just too much. <laughs> but you know, you know there, there are a lot of young people like, you know, I, that, that was my sophomore year, but there are a lot of young people who explore when they're like middle school age, you know, just trying to figure yeah. out what, what that is. And so... I think that's why it's even more important. I'm sorry, these dogs down here. I, me and my <laughs> y'all hear these dogs down here growling? Yes. <laughs> they want to be a part of the show. They do, and they both, they, they, they two both males, and they've been like trying to screw each other. So I think they gay too. Shows. 
Oh, child. <laughs> I'm not about to play with you. Well, but you know, like, let me take a sip. Y'all, y'all go on. for real, though. Like, I can't piggyback off of what you're saying because although you were sophomore in college versus my sophomore in high school, I still like, you know, other people, especially back then, it was like, you know, you never knew who you were getting with and what they were going through personally. So, you may not be closeted with your mom, but they might be, which might make you a little bit more closeted than you should be. It was just, it was such a big old roller coaster. And, and honestly, you know, being able to come to terms with myself and honestly being able to start like thinking of this thought in my head. And, and it's like everyone else. I feel like, you know, sometimes people get a Mr. Strew. They think that, you know, people don't, I hate I hate when people say, so when did you become gay? I didn't become gay. Let me just tell you something. I've been gay, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, I need you to recognize the fact that this is something that is, it's natural for people. We don't just, you know, decide to step into this space. It's something that's natural. It's something that we that we try to, if we are in the position to have to battle, we have to battle it. Because honestly, when my mom first started coming to terms with everything, it was a couple of times I had a conversation with her when she was, mm, I could tell that she knew who I was, but at the same time, like the social aspect of it was like, I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, that just speaks to where our parents were at that time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to, to not get into, you know, a bunch of other stuff, when it, well, the bottom line is, we're just like everybody else. At the end of the day, like, I have to go through the same steps when it comes to relationships and learning my sexuality and liking people just as a hetero person would, you know? So, I mean, it's not like when did Casey turn gay? It's when did Casey acknowledge that she was gay? You know what I mean? So, I mean, really it's a natural thing. It's not something that you choose. It's something that you are. Um, And trying to learn who you are is sometimes hard, but I think that with the support of a parent, I know, that when the, with the support of a parent, I know that it's a thousand times easier. And I was lucky. I know that I was lucky. I know that I was fortunate. Even at my mom acknowledging the small part, that, that part of me, a very small part of me, my sexuality is 5% of who I am. You know what I mean? So just even my parents and my, my mom acknowledging that small part of me made it easier for me. I, have, I had a friend that was the same age going through the same thing and her mom put her out on the street. So, I mean, it really just depends on, you know, where you're coming from and how much confidence it is that you have and what you're willing to endure and what you're not. I know some people that lives have changed completely. They had to be opposite of who they wanted to be based on the reaction of their parents. So my first encounter came as something that was easy for me to transition into, but I'm not naive to the fact that that doesn't happen for everybody and that not everybody has that easy transition into from okay I like this person into a sexual part like for kids that just doesn't come it just doesn't happen you know like you have to kind of learn your sexuality and learn your place in life you know so I'm not naive to the fact that it's harder for other people but 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 I can say that I appreciate my my position but I do want other people to know that you know it's not when did you turn gay or when did you decide, you know, like you wanted to date women. It's when did I want to be comfortable enough with myself to be able to be honest with myself about that, you know, so. So, Casey, you know, I got to mess with you for a little bit. Um, yeah. And then we'll, get, we'll get 
back on a more serious note, but I, I for one, know that straight women are attracted to you, and so okay. <laughs> no, you know, you know, I know this. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I know this, and also straight men are intimidated by mm. you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, how do you? I, I've seen you address it in a mm. in a on a professional level because we yeah. dealt with it in the office. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like on another level like just say a group of friends and let's say mm. you got a homeboy and you bring his girl around and she's mm. flirty over flirty with you or whatever and you know what it is like you're able to pick up on even though you try to act like you weren't able to pick up on yeah. it yes i knew you knew what it was so brian i'll give you a little back history we had um, this story. I'm, I'm waiting come on let's get it yeah too. so we had a girl um super flirty girl pretty girl young girl or whatever <laughs> who was very fascinated with Casey and and also kind of jealous of me and Casey's relationship or friendship or whatever which it was a guy at the in the office that was also a little jealous of the relationship me and Casey and the backstory between me and him is he once you know tried to get with me or whatever and mm -hmm. you know how that go but so he would always come over and make his presence known so the female would too which me and Casey thought was really crazy because for one, she has a boyfriend. For two, she's also flirting with guys and stuff in there. So we like, what's the deal? But every day she will find herself over there, like, you know, happy someone touches shoulder and oh, she wanted she wanted Casey to make her coffee, everyone. She like, nobody makes it like like I tried and it doesn't taste like yours. Like I want you to make it. <clears throat> what, does this say for you? <laughs> what what does this say for you? Child. I ain't even, I ain't even, y'all talking, I ain't even mad at her child because I've been doing the same thing if I was, yeah, I just want to get close to Casey's child. Oh, stop. I'm telling you, like, every morning she was over there and. I would have been, I would have been jealous too. She, y'all let, get, let that, y'all stop being, let that go, child, because I'd have been jealous too, child. <laughs> And so I just want to know, like, how do you, you know, like, how do you deflect the energy? Because I'm pretty sure you, that's not the first time you've been put in this situation mm. before. We've had this conversation before. Like, that's not the first time yeah. you're able to, like, pick up on something and be like, wait a minute, you know, what's going yeah. on here? When you were very open and honest that you're in a relationship, happy, you know, brought your, yeah. brought your boo to the Christmas party and all that. So yeah. it's not like you were hiding what you had going on, but people was literally throwing themselves at you, so to speak, or jealous about, you know, you you or whatever. Like, you have a really calm spirit, but apparently it was intimidating to some people. So... You know, you know, TK, to be honest, like, I think that when I was younger, I didn't understand. I think that, you know, when it comes to guys and um, how combative they can be when it comes to... I mean, I think that any time women are comfortable with women that's just point blank period when it comes yeah. to a woman being in your space like you know what i'm saying like we're all comfortable together like i have more femme friends than i do you know more masculine friends like because that's just who i relate to so i think that like in the process of us getting to know each other and trying to relate like guys automatically think because I am a masculine presenting woman, that you're trying to get I'm out to sexualize the, the the relationship that I have with women. But what they forget is that I'm a woman. 
So I want woman friends, people that can talk to me about the things that I go through. Like, what the fuck? I think that guys like expect a certain um, level of uh, testosterone from me that I can't give. You know what I mean? It's like I go into a situation with a woman. I'm going into it. I always go into it looking as a friendship. I mean, although I'm attracted to women, I still am capable of having women friends feminine friends you know like that's just yeah. how I that's mostly really what I relate to because although I'm masculine presenting I'm a very feminine individual so honestly with that situation that we were dealing with in particular it was really funny because we were able to sit side by side and kind of see the reactions and the and the you know the tendencies of like the hetero male and the hetero female and how they're and the tension and the tension like the overall tension and we were legit just like real friends like homegirls to homegirls like we would sit there and talk about everything guys don't expect that from me to your experiences to our upbringing like we're here now swapping stories because we've already had these stories and yeah. for whatever reason, they just thought we were sitting there, I guess, making out or yeah. flirting the entire time. And it's like, and, so we can't and that's the thing. It's like, you know, conversation or we can't be friends. Why? Why can't we be friends? And, and, and that would, and that's, think about that happening all the time. Like, that's yeah, that's what I'm sure life. you're used to it. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's not just that, you know, I, I think that my friendship allows people or women in particular to view a different side of life. Like, you know, not so marginalized, not so like, um, socially acceptable. I think that sometimes when I step into someone's life that would think like, Oh no, I can't see, I I could never see it. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be relationship wise. Like, some people just can't see themselves being able to level with a more masculine individual, period. Yeah. But, and that's because they, they, they create a basis on like what they see and not getting to know me. If guys were to get to know me, they would realize that I'm very feminine. I don't fight you. You don't fight me. I like women. Yeah, but I'm not trying to step on your toes and I don't want you to step on mine. I really don't want to. And you may not even have the same damn type that they have. Like you may not even have the same type. So what the fuck? Like you were. I'm I'm definitely seen as a threat to a lot of guys that really like, it's not even like that. And I don't think that women have to be lesbian to be attracted to me. I don't think that women have to be like, you know, like even if, even if that person at the office was attracted to me. If, if her being a lesbian is not, even if I was coming into, into her life and allowing her to, to look into a different side of herself, that may not be all of her, but just a little bit, just, just yeah. to like- Cause she expressed to you that she different. had never been with a girl or anything like yeah, that, right? Yeah, just to experience something different and just to say, you know what, hey, like, I'm that confident in myself that I can move through this relationship and this friendship without having to put weird like stipulations on it that's really where it's, where it comes down to you know and 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 that's why it's like it's hard for me to make the friends that I want to make because people expect me to just have a bunch of stud friends like I'm just supposed to have a bunch of like masculine presenting women as my friends and we're supposed yeah. to be bros and you know <laughs> what I'm saying or I'm supposed to just have like all these guy friends with. that's really not who I am so like with that situation in particular yes I think that I was a, a part of that person um, 
introducing themselves to a different part of them. I don't think it's bad to find, you know, other women attractive, just like I don't think it's bad to find other men attractive. But I think at the end of the day, you know what you want and you know what it is. And that's how far you allow that relationship to go. Like, don't mm-hmm. make assumptions based on what you think and based on your insecurities. Men, hey, I'm not after your women, okay? I'm just, <laughs> their, I'm just their friend. That's really how it goes, you know? And, and I always tell my friends, they're like, you know, like you seem whatever, like you get that. Let me tell you something. I don't, I know who I am, okay? <laughs> I don't fight men. I don't argue with men. I don't, because there's a certain amount of, the, the woman in me, the motherly part of me, that, that person that cares, especially Black men. Oh my goodness. For If I had a dollar for how many times I was disappointed in the Black man for the way that he looked at me based on the way that I dressed, I probably would be rich by now. Mm. I needed to be clear that I'm a woman, just like the feminine woman is a woman, and I need you to, I, if you're going to go into that protective mode for her, go into that protective mode for me. You know what I mean? Because I respect you like she respects you. I know that we need you. I know that, you know, like. That, you don't, you're not a man. You're not trying to be a man. You're not projecting exactly. yourself as a man. You don't still want to be protected way. by a man. You are, like you say, you are a woman. At the end of the day, like, I know, I, I, and I'm not taking anything away from women who are, you know, independent. I get that. But at the end of the day, like, men are a species that we have to recognize. If without men, there are no species, right? Right. So I have to go into this situation being open-minded and open-hearted and saying, you know what, like, that same protection, even though I'm not attracted to you, <laughs> even though I don't want to spend the rest of my life with you and sleep in the bed with you every day, does not mean that I'm not looking to you as a brother. Does not mean I don't want that same protection and that same consideration. It doesn't mean that, that you that shouldn't receive it and that you be. shouldn't get it. And I think exactly. like we saw that in the office, you know, from how the black men are perceived in you. Like exactly. it's okay to joke and bro with you or whatever, but when it came time for anything else, you're not put in that category because you're kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, I need that. To, and, and I really wish that people would like, guys wouldn't be so, you know, and that for me, that just shows me that that guy or that man has a little bit more growing to do with his own personal sexuality, his own personal, you know, the way he views himself, because there's no way that a grown ass man and, and people might think that I'm biased by thinking the way I think right now, but there's no way that a grown ass, if, if a dude came to me, I would expect him to be dealing with my brother. Not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, that's not, that. Yeah. I, I expect the same kind of, the a same kind of. shouldn't be stepping to you about anything. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You know why? At the end of the day, like you said, you're a life. woman. Yeah, you're a woman. Hello. And yeah. I, and just like, and just like when we go back to day, day zero and day one, it took a man and a woman for this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ignoring that. But at the same time, I would expect you to understand that don't don't go into a situation like you know already knowing how you're going to handle me based on how I, I appear mm. i'm a sister brother you know what i'm saying like protect yeah. me like when it's time for me to protect you i still would it doesn't matter because you hold a place that i can't hold and i hold a place that you can't hold so we got to be able to be fluid and not worry about each other's sexuality but each other's each other's the necessity of, 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 you know, the things that I hold, the things that you hold on this earth. 
You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. need you to come to me in a brotherly sense. I need you to come to me like you're protecting me, like I'm protecting you. And I sometimes I think that I don't get the same protection because I can be a threat. But if I'm a threat, that means that you got more work to do in your relationship. Well, you know what I'm saying? More work to do on yourself. Or more work to do with yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, like, I, and that's a, a word that I like to spread all the time. Anytime I can have a conversation with men, especially black men, because I hold them to a different standard. As a black woman, I hold black men to a different standard. It don't matter if you're gay, straight, indifferent. It don't matter what you like. I expect that you to see me as a black woman. I'm going to see you as a black man. And, and gonna it should be mutual. And it should be mutual no matter what the Yeah, no matter what you is. dress like, no matter what your sexual identity is, exactly. the respect should be mutual. So Brian, exactly. do you I know um, you know, you're you're heavily not involved, not only involved in the community, but also like in your fraternity and things of that nature. So do you ever come across any type of disrespect or not being respected on the level of your sexuality? No, um, well, number one, I, I I wouldn't let nobody ever disrespect me. I don't give a fuck. Hello, that's that's number one. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> but that's, but 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 just saying that that's in that's a position that men have that women don't. Because I can't come to a man and be like, I'm not gonna let you disrespect me. <laughs> right. <laughs> because at the end of the day, if you wanna fucking disrespect me, that's what you're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you if you came up to me, if you came up to me and told me don't disrespect me, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, child, because you know you just get you just you just got the juice like that, child. Okay, but, um, <laughs> the juice but, and the squeeze. Okay, Brian, the yeah. juice. And the squeeze. You know, but, 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 but I, I ain't gonna let nobody disrespect me, so I don't give a fuck what happens or what I do in my personal life. You gonna respect me the same way I'm gonna respect you, and so I I have not had any issues, and most of the time, if anybody ever had an issue, um, they didn't come and tell it to my face. So that just speaks to the bitch assness that they have <laughs> that, that, you okay. that you wouldn't be able to come and let me know what issue. But see, when I, I walk in my authority, you know, I, I, I'm a person who, you know, when I'm around you, there, I don't give a fuck what you think about whatever you just, we just gonna have a respectful um, mm -hmm. interaction with one another. Yeah, I mean, there I may sense, you know, there's some individuals who don't fuck with me, that's fine, because I probably would never fuck with you either, child. You know? <laughs> So please, please know that I'm probably not even thinking about you. And to your to your point, Casey, if you if you are so threatened by my presence, or you know if my presence irritates something in your spirit, then you definitely I wouldn't even say you have more work to do. You 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 need to start from point A. And we yeah. I'm actually can can help you do that. Um, yeah. But you you know whatever you you need to work through, you need to work through that because it's not me that's the problem. Is is you, and so. It, it, you know, case I'm just I ain't just I ain't gonna let nobody ain't nobody gonna do ain't nobody nobody. And I told you when I told you that time that my daddy got out that truck and got the, and got that little <laughs> that little guy together at that at that moment I was like oh okay well I can I can I can I can talk shit too I can I can do that I ain't never well, been. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. No, no, I I I hear where you're coming from, and I think that you know as a as I respect that wholeheartedly, especially as a black man and being, you know, part of the LGBTQ community. It's important that, you know what I'm saying, you're able to stand. But I think that sometimes it's overshadowed by the amount of like sexual intimidation mm -hmm. that like is is put on to more masculine presenting women because we're masculine presenting. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just that extra bit of 
reason for, I, I should not feel less accepted by men than mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean? I, I just feel like there's just a little bit of an imbalance. And I know that there are women who feel like because they're masculine presenting, they have to present themselves of a weight and automatically defend themselves when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. I just ha- I just need us to get into a space where I'm comfortable who I am, but I also don't have to defend myself when it comes to men. I don't have to be afraid of you. I don't have to be afraid of your presence, the things that you bring to me. I know that you're going to encourage me as a black woman, like the next person or the next person, because at the end of the day, like there are things that I might, you know, like there, there are ways in which you can make me feel intim- intimidated to a place where I wouldn't talk. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like that is a, that is a bit of a, that's, that's a, a complex that we have to recognize. Like, look, you know what I mean? When, when we say we support black women, we say we support all black women. You that's know what it. I mean? Not just the ones that we like to look at. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, and I can attest to that. I had the conversation with one of my homeboys not too long ago, cause he was talking about his ideal woman and what he's looking for and blah, blah, blah. And I said, what you're looking for is not what you're looking for. Mm. I said, your eyes are attracted to a certain type of woman that don't fit the criteria of the woman that you need. You could definitely find the type of woman that you want, but she may not look like what you are (laughs) typically attracted to. And because she doesn't, you bypass her or you're not looking at her, but you are looking at the other women that look a certain way. And trust me, honey, 75, 80% of them do not carry their criteria. They do not meet those standards, but they look good, right? So that's who you're into. So you think for the time. And I think that goes back into, like you said, with the respect factor, like um, you just look at how they drag Lizzo for, you know, doing some of the same things that Masika or, or, you know, any other person who uh, the the Aries and the Ari, what is it, Ari or Ari, or however you pronounce her name, but she's not doing anything any different than those girls. She's twerking, she's comfortable in her body, she's showing you who she is, but because she's a bigger woman, it's disgusting, it's gross, it's disrespectful, it's, you know, you should be doing this. She got her ass out. Right, she, she always got her ass out and da da da, but these women had their ass and titties out 24 7. And no, and I've never heard you say why they got their ass out or why they got their titties out. You feel that type of way because of because of her body and because that's something that you're not into. But trust me, it's some of a guy. It makes you uncomfortable. Not right. just what you're into, what makes you uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. But trust me, yeah. it's some motherfucker at home saving every damn thing that Lizzo <laughs> does. That's one of her number one fans that's getting all her updates. That's going back yeah. and looking at her, clap her ass in the pool and everything else because they into that and it is attractive attractive to them so but I look at that I look at how they shun her but how they highlight others you know what I mean and I'm like she ain't doing nothing no different than what those mm-hmm. girls doing what's the problem she's their age too like it's not like she's 40 some years old on there making her ass clapping all that she's a younger girl <laughs> right. she's a younger girl so she's doing what the younger girls do so what's so different between her and like a mulatto or a sweetie you know what I mean like Yes, she's a, but she's not even an R&B singer. I I don't even know what category you could put Lizzo in. I don't know if it's pop or what, but at the end of the day, she's doing her, but it's, it's an issue for people, like you said, because it makes them uncomfortable because she's not fitting that criteria of what the normal woman who does those type of things should be doing. And I think that's just bullshit at the end of the day. 
the 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 the, the yeah. black community, you know, to take take away LGBT straight, whatever. Action. The black community, we have a lot of work to do. Say it. No, we Say need it. A lot of work to do. And and I, let me just go ahead and do this. Um, we cannot say all Black Lives Matter until we include Black LGBTQ people. And so there, there, there is nothing that we will accomplish until we all come together and address all of our issues and that the, the straight Black community will embrace the Black LGBT community because we won't get anywhere. Um, and it's really unfair, you know, even in, in, in the climate where we're in right now that the Black, the black LGBT community will step up um, and, you know, for black men who are getting shot, you know, um, in the street or, you know, black, you know, black people getting shot in the street. But when a trans woman, you know, get killed, a black trans woman, excuse me, gets killed, you know, we, we, the people who, the people who look like this are probably the ones who participated in the killing of that black trans woman. You know what I'm or, saying? Or you never see a repost or a march or a yeah. day of silence or anything dedicated to that because they just disregard it. Tell me the last march where all black people came together for the killing of a black trans woman. It has not, it has not happened. So there's an imbalance, you know, right now, just in the world all together. And right now, you know, we got we have to fight, you know, systemic racism, you know, as a whole. But a after we fight the systemic racism, we're we gonna have to have a black people conference or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a, a what they call it, a come together, like a come yeah. to the altar for the yeah. African American. People. We need to we need to come together have a have a conference and you yeah. can't do conference unless you unless you Negro and when yeah. we get to that conference we're gonna deal with some root causes and I really think a lot of that stuff does stem back you know to slavery days even when we talk about the issues that even heterosexual people you know have with each other just the whole fact that a man want to have ownership you know um, over a woman I mean that, that's that's the main yeah. thing to cover. That I think that we wouldn't really have enough time in this in this one episode of this podcast to really dig deep um, to address you know why straight people are uncomfortable being around gay people to address why in 2020 you know people um, like my beautiful sister here Casey still doesn't feel protected you know by black men that doesn't make no fucking sense you know we should, <laughs> we should, we should be protecting each other you know we should be looking out for each other we should I, I, a, a, a black gay male who dresses how he dresses should feel comfortable going around, going to his family reunion, being who he is, just like he is when he goes out with his homeboys or his girls or whatever. He should feel comfortable, and a black straight, supposed um, straight male shouldn't have any issue with it at all. I hope that y'all watch P Valley because P Valley is. One of those. Have y'all y'all watching P Valley? I do. Down in the valley where well, the girls get naked. Hello. Okay. And I <laughs> I didn't get too much into it because you know there's some people who haven't seen it yet. But of course we know there's a, a young man in there who's struggling pretty much with his sexuality and is you know have this infatuation with this kind of gender non-conforming um, individual. Yes, Uncle Clifford. Yes. Um. And no, you we ain't know, talking about Clifford. No, we talking about the we talking about the we talking about the boy that's a federal one. Oh yeah, 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 that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I call and, I call him blue head because he, <laughs> he did put the blue color in his head. But, yeah, but hello, he did. That that is a common it's a common thing, and it's so unfortunate mm -hmm. um, that that young man um, behind closed doors expresses love for Uncle you know Uncle Clifford, but out in the public he can't he can't do that. 
Um, right. That's not right. And the fact that he is, is that way is because they're straight people who are uncomfortable with who they are. So now what has happened is people from the LGBT community down who they really are. And guess what happens next? When I'm, when I'm bringing myself down, then I, now I'm depressed because I can't fully be myself. Now I, I'm, I'm not confident in, in who I am. I'm, you know, kind of going to stay in the closet and don't fully live the life that God created, you know, mm-hmm. me to be. And that brings on a lot of other different issues from the fact that it ain't even got to do with you. It got to do with somebody who ain't dealt with their own work and ain't done their own work. We need, we need to, we, we, we're going to have, I don't know if we need to plan um, the conference or what, what the case may be. Maybe we need to start off small in Nashville and, you know, you bring all your straight friends um, who want to learn and we bring you know, some people from LGBT community, we come together and we have those hard conversations where you all can ask the questions that you all need to ask, but coming from a place that, you know, we are trying to come in unity to support one another because this bullshit got to end. Let me just say that. I'm sorry. I'm so glad you're doing this. And I'm, I don't know what your audience base, our fan base for this show is, but I hope there's some straight person out here listening right now. Today is the day that you stop that bullshit where you're uncomfortable being around people who don't look like you, who don't act like you, who don't, you know, sleep with whoever they sleep around with you. If you're not confident in your fucking self, that's your fucking problem. Hello. And you, and you might need to come have a conversation with me so I can, you know, especially if you look okay, I might need to come. Come fix you. You know, I might, I might, need, I might need to do what you with my, with my friend and my sophomore year college did for me. It helped me understand. Need to understand. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Come together. <laughs> But anyway, so, I'm, I'm just being silly. But seriously, we we got we got we got to figure this out, like, cause it, it makes no sense for us to be separated. Like it this. doesn't, it doesn't, and we definitely. And so I think you do a big part of that with your organization, Mashup. So let's talk about that. Like, what you know, tell us all about it. Um, give us a brief overview of the organization and what you're trying to do, and if there's anything coming up that you would like for us to be a part of. Absolutely. Well. Um, Again, like I said, I had been working in the field of mostly primarily dealing with health disparities, social inequalities. So what that is for those who understand, we're talking about like HIV, AIDS, we're talking about mental health, substance abuse, um, homelessness, um, but anything that's, you know, the issues that the black LGBTQ community in Nashville deal with or face, I had been a part of trying to help eradicate some of those disparities. And so I saw the need to create my own organization because I felt like there were um, a lot of entities that were not truly meeting the needs um, of our community. And, you know, there are so many organizations who just get caught up in getting grant money and will figure out ways to just keep getting grant money, but not truly figuring out a way to decrease the new rates of HIV, AIDS, and figuring out ways to have conversations with parents of Black LGBT young people to help them understand how to raise their Black LGBT child, just like how the white people do. Um, when I um, went two, three years ago to California for a conference where young people, um, white people at the age of three, four, five, telling their mama, I'm, I'm a lesbian, I'm this, I'm that. And their mama signing them up for this conference, um, paying all this money to go out and understand how to raise their child. We don't, we don't have it in our community. And so mm-hmm. I saw a need to, to step in and create something that would not just address just um, HIV, which is something that we need to talk about. And that's a whole separate conversation that we need to have. But to have a holistic conversation about how do we um, eradicate stigma? How do we get to the root cause of parents who will be physically and mentally and emotionally abusive to their own child that they gave birth to and kicked them out the house and put them out in the streets 
how do we have more conversations about understanding why our trans women, you know, have to participate in what I call survival sex, um, which people will shine sex workers. But if we think about, you know, all these people who have subscribed to Pornhub and um, OnlyFans and all that kind of stuff, but did you want to shine the person who's, you know, out in the streets, maybe because they have to, because they are trans woman or a trans man who got, you know, who can't get a job because they're a trans woman. And so now in order for me to have something to eat, in order for me to have someone to lay my hair down, I have to do what I need to do to survive. And so I said all that, let me come on back because I got mad. I, I said, I said <laughs> um, that I have a wonderful organization that address all of those issues. And um, we do a lot of training. Um, we have a lot of different events. Um, but one of the important things about my organization is that we bridge gaps between different people. So whether you are straight, gay, whether you are a doctor or whether you're somebody who out in the street, my organization's purpose is to bring everybody together so we can learn from one another. So that is the basis of why I created my organization and that is what we do. Nice. So I, I commend you on the work that you're doing. I support you, whatever else that you have going on that you need us to come out and help with, please, by all means, contact me, let me know. Mm -hmm. um, again, I wanted to connect you too because I know Casey is really big mm -hmm. on giving back and doing things in the community. And just, she expressed to me in the past that she did not have many friends here at the time. I, I don't know, it's been a while since we, we hung out, but she didn't have many friends here at the time that were in the LBGQ uh, community. BTQ community and that she wanted to, you know, just branch out and find more people that she could relate to on a career um, intelligence level or whatever. And um, she has a really dynamic background. Um, was it, was it, you were in the army, right, Casey? I was, yeah. For how many years? Almost 10. Wow. Almost 10. <laughs> wow. So where almost were you stationed? 10. Uh, so originally I went to uh, Oklahoma Fort Sill and then I went to um, Fort Lee in Virginia and then I moved to Fort Pickett um, but you know just throughout the whole time I think like I really I, you know I think when you're in the military and you're moving around you're always used to like maybe not knowing as many people here, maybe not knowing as many people there, but in my adult life, I mean, I started that when I was very young. So now that, you know, like I'm out and I'm refreshed, I'm definitely just like my, my brother here, like I'm, I'm, I definitely want to get and be a part of the community, be a, be a part of the help. I'm, and of course, you know, when I was talking to you when I first moved here, I'm like, look, you know, I'm looking for people that are like-minded and that, are, that want the same things I wanted. And, and I'm still in that space, you know, I'm always looking to help, always looking to volunteer. I'm always looking for friends that we can relate to, you know, hanging out, don't have to have a bunch of the stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, like I'm, I'm glad that we're able to make these connections because like it's people like him and it's people like myself and it's people like you that are gonna be able to, you know, bridge the gap. And that's really what I'm here to do. So um, on Mondays, we cut the homeless. I'm definitely involved there. Um, in any way that I can help, please let me know. Reach out to me. I am a barber stylist right now. I'm in school. Um, but I'm taking appointments and everything is free right now. So let's get it in and let's do what we got to do for the community and, and keep giving back. I'm down with that. Hey man, you know, Casey, I'm going to challenge myself. And I also want to challenge you um, mm -hmm. that, you know, for, for whatever reason, the you know we they we put LGBTQ together, but even within that alphabet combination, they it still seems separate. 
Um, we separate the gay people from bisexual people. We still, you know, have even the people in the gay people have, you know, questions about someone who is bisexual. Then the then the then the, then the G and the B people don't connect with the L people. And so there's so many things about the L community. And I have L friends, but I still have questions and they still have questions. These people who I've known for many, for many, many years. And so we have to also figure out, Casey, how do we bridge that gap, um, you know, to help us understand each other? Because I mean, I, I, I do have a lot of questions. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, do you know, I, I, I put and I had to apologize, but I equate top bottom with, with women and y'all might not even do top bottom. You know, I don't, I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, for real. You know, that's, that's that man thing again. We put our stuff on y'all and we're going to make y'all yeah. experience top bottom like how we do on this side. But either way, yeah. you know, I'm going to challenge you now, that you know, now that I know you're in Nashville and I know that there are black lesbian groups that maybe do parties and stuff, but I don't, I don't know of one um, entity where the black lesbians have something where they focus on black women health that's specifically related to black lesbian women because you know black lesbian women still um get hiv you know they may still sleep you know with men or have you know have had experiences with men um where they get not being afraid to say that they still are attracted to that they are attracted to men that they still we ain't even got to the conversation of you know um lesbians reaching out to to gay males for for to be a sperm donor to have kids that that happened because I'm like I'm still questioning trying to figure out how I'm gonna have my kids too. So you know we I'm just all I'm saying is we gotta come together and figure and figure this out. So yeah absolutely I'm challenging each one of us to do more together and not separate these these letters that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100 percent I'm with you on that. 100 percent I love it. I knew that you two would be perfect to mesh well. So we're going to have three questions to close out. All right. Mm-hmm. This is like a little 60 second rundown. What are or what is one stereotype you wish others would stop? Or you just was like, okay, this is bullshit. I don't understand why everybody feel or think this way. About What is one stereotype about the um, community overall that you wish one that, that you wish everybody would just like stop? Like cut it out like it's not like this or this is not how it goes like what's one stereotype i'm gonna, I'm gonna, go first. I'm gonna ask my best friend what he thinks and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back oh okay, okay um you know for me the biggest stereotype is i think i touched on it a little bit earlier but thinking that i am expecting me to be less of a woman because of the way that i present myself you know what i mean like right. i'd like to challenge Every man, every woman, whether you're hetero, you know, or homosexual, like at the end of the day, you have to get to know an individual to truly know who they are. And I think that you should treat everybody in your community um, with the same level of respect, no matter what their sexuality is, because I hate that people reduce my life to just the sexuality. I am so much more than that. I am a mom. I am an aunt. I am a daughter. I am a caretaker. I am a lover. I am a fighter. Like I, I'm so many different things for different situations in my life. I'm not just a masculine presenting lesbian. So I think my biggest, you know, especially I would call it a misconception is that I deserve less, you know, like um, womanly um, compassion uh, than the, than the next masculine stud. And I would also challenge the masculine presenting women out there to not 
you don't, if you truly, you don't have to match what you're comfortable with. Just because I'm comfortable this way does not mean I have to be, just because I dress in the clothes from the guy section doesn't mean I have to present myself in that way. Get to know that person before you just, you know, create a basis on how you're going to treat them based on what they look like. You know I love I mean? it. Yeah. All right, Brian, you got your answer. I don't know, Chad. I'm just so in, just, just so just tapped into Miss Casey's child. <laughs> Lord. God, let me, let me, let me, let me child. <laughs> 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 oh, All right. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> You know, when, when people watch it, they're going to be so confused. They're going to be like, what is he? Like, what he like? <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. Because you can like what you like. You ain't got to explain nothing. Okay? Right. When people tickle your fancy. That's just how it goes. <laughs> right. I, I, after, the, after we have this, we're gonna, I'm going to have a conversation to see if you want to have some more kids, child. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> oh, okay, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Thank you, Lord. You back? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know I, I asked my best friend um what did he think and i actually agree with you and it really is in the spirit of where where casey is um i just don't understand why people limit um certain groups of people to just one kind of way of being and um the truth of the matter is even black gay males there's so many different kind of black gay males Yes, say that. Yes. You have some, you know, that's gonna give you the, you know, you know, they're gonna they're gonna give you all that. You know, they got some you know the you know the arch in the back. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then you also have some who just cool, you know, chill. Um, you got some like me who you just can't tell what I what I got going on because one day I have my hair, I have a little weave in my hair, the next day I won't. So you know, you just you you just don't know, but don't put us in a box to say that all people act this way because what you don't know is the people that's around in your circle who you think just so masculine and just so hard and just so hello. It's, it's the main ones in, in all my friends' DMs. Amen, Jesus. <laughs> so, so, hello. Way we just we have to dismantle this idea that you know black gay means even that you're not educated. Um, means that you're not somebody who, you know, you're not, you're not somebody who's just out in the streets, you know, just, you know, giving up your body and just, you know, living reckless. Or in addition, what my best friend said that, you know, that all of us um, are not just sitting around passing around HIV and AIDS and affecting, you know, people. And we just these people who are coming to break up, you know, straight marriages and all these, all these evil things that, you know, people say that's, I, I don't, my, I have a lot of friends. And these, these stigmas that they put on black gay men, those are not my friends. The last thing I think about, TK and Casey, when I, when, when I think about my friends, the last thing I think about is our sexuality. I don't even think about it. Mm, yes. about it. Unless we're just you know, having some you know, conversation about somebody who was fine to walk by some child. You know, <laughs> we should want right. DMs that came through our phone today or something like that. But other than that, I'm not friends with my friends because they're sexuality. Oh. I'm friends with my friends because they're great individuals. They're people who inspire me. They're people who motivate me to do more with my life. And there's so many of us out there who, you know, like you said, the sexuality part is a small percentage of who we are. It's so much more 
to us. I worked for a program and the name of the program was called More To Me. And I have taken that with me for the rest of my life because you're not going to put me in no box. There, there's so much more to me than the issues that you have um, with my sexuality or issues that you have with sexuality in, in general. Mm. And so that's all I have because I it's, it's just so much that we can talk about. But Chad, <laughs> I don't know. This this ain't gonna be enough. People have so many questions. Mm. All right. So my next question is: Straight men, straight women. How often are you approached? Well, what we would consider will be a straight man or a straight woman. So, see, now, now, we're, now we're about to get into a whole other conversation because, you know, people don't always perform the acts that are associated with how they classify themselves. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can be a, a man who says, I'm a straight man. And I actually believe there are men who say, I'm a straight male, um, but sexually it may still explore, explore you know, other things. And so I don't, I guess we need to clarify. So that's my question too, because I just had this, this conversation the other day and a girl was saying just because she had oral sex, she received oral sex one time from a girl doesn't mean she's gay. Right. You know what I mean? She was like, I just, you know, we just experimented and I received oral sex. So I guess that's kind of that's, that's kind of like the that's that's where I'm coming from with it. Like a person who doesn't see themselves as you know gay or in 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 their community at all, but want to experience it, it the sexual part of it. Casey Child, go child. <laughs> um, for me, I think that it's always relevant for hetero people or people that um, consider themselves heterosexual to make it a clear and a point that they only receive. Because I think when you give, that puts you on the other side of the spectrum when it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? You have Yeah, which, what's the difference? What's the difference? You had an experience with the woman. Now, based on how you felt about that experience and how you come out of it and go forward, move forward. That's what's going to define you as an individual, not yeah. something that, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just really like, you know, if, if you are, and, and, and this is a different topic or something, but I know HIV and AIDS are, you know, a, a topic, relevant topic for the LGBTQ community. And it doesn't just go for men, it goes for women, but like, if be honest with yourself i think that just just breaking down the facts that looking in the mirror and being honest with ourselves about our truth whether it be your sexuality whether there be things that are going on in your life some of the things that the hardest for us to do is express the truth because let me tell you something i read something last week and it said that our body gives us the real reaction our body gives us our real feeling our mind gives us what we want Right, so if you're constantly uh, identifying with your mind on what certain situations are, I would say that you're removed, right? I would say mm -hmm. to start indulging in that feeling and that, and, that, and that tingling that you get in your stomach or in the pit of your, your heart, the things that happen in your body, not so much your mind. And if those things lead you to a place of, you know, questioning your sexuality or who you are or who you are thus far, we can be 10 different people in our lives and there's nothing shameful about that, right? So be honest with who you are, look at yourself in the mirror, recognize what your body's telling you, being able to separate yourself from your mind and don't feel, don't feel bad about experiences that you have in your life because our life is for experiences. We are here 
to go through things, whether they be positive or negative, everybody's journey is different. Just don't shy away because the longer you take to shy away from recognizing your true self, is the longer it's gonna take for you to be happy and exhibit the things that you know you like, right? Like don't ignore yeah. the things that you don't like or like, you know what I mean? Like that's really what I have to say when it comes down to, you know, the friend that goes through a situation with a woman and but doesn't feel that doesn't define you, boo. That don't make you who you are because you laid down. It's okay, so what? That was a sexual part of your life. That wasn't even. Yeah, so how many experiences, I guess the question is like, how many times in the past have you had someone present you with that experience? Like a woman saying, well, you know the whole spiel. I'm not gay, but right. or I don't like um, women, but. Let me, let me tell you something. Anytime you say, but that's a i don't even care at this point like i'm coming in and i'm coming in hard if that's what i want and you're what i want and you're looking like what the snack that i'm that i got the appetite for when you <laughs> say but that's it you know what i'm saying like don't put the butt out there if you're not willing to fully accept the butt now, <laughs> now when you say i'm this and that but but you know they hit you with it they be I like mean, i don't usually like but or i know you don't usually but today, <laughs> the only moment, the only time that I can consider because the past is not true and the future is not yet. So right. I can't go any, I can't move based on anything other than how you are today. And yeah. today, there's a stipulation when it comes to how comfortable you are with your sexuality. And I'm willing to be the person to help you figure it out. So I, for me, it's just like, look, that don't define you just like my sexual encounters don't define me. But at yeah. the same time, don't shy away from who you are now, boo boo, because there's somebody <laughs> like me that's willing to fucking figure it out. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's willing to have your ass wrapped up in a place that you're not really ready to be wrapped up in because these niggas are a different situation. Right. I'm going to come to your life on some different shit because I'm a woman. You understand where I'm coming from? Right, are you? Okay, so <laughs> when you say but, I need you to understand that but I'm coming, I'm I'm coming in with the, I'm coming in with the sensitivity. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to know what's going on. Okay. I want to know what's going on. So, hey. Brian, come on back. You okay? You don't mute everything. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> come back. I ain't trying to turn you. I ain't trying to turn you. But if you open a door, don't expect the motherfucker not to walk through it now. And don't be mad at them for walking through. That's it. That's you know it. what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. Look, and that's it. <laughs> All right, Brian. What's up? <laughs> I don't have I don't have nothing else to say, child. I, I, I concur, child. I concur. Man. I concur. But you know, I, 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 I get serious. Damn, get serious. Okay, so I'll yeah. say that um, this conversation to be honest, which is very difficult for me to have because I'm getting to a place in my life where I don't even like labels anymore. I know, that's right. I'm so sick and tired of labels. I actually want to start a movement called No Labels. Um, and, I, and I truly feel like, oh, this might, they might pretty much like me say this. But I understand why people have to have words to help them understand who they are. So there is, there is a, a relevance and importance to be, to be able to pinpoint and identify and put a name to what it is that you are because it helps give you a sense of self 
Um, but but I, 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 I think outside of, outside of the work that I do, separate from, from my organization, just Brian as a martial as himself, truly feel that humans are just sexual beings, period. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do is what you do, and it really don't need a label to it. It's yeah. just what you like today, yesterday, tomorrow, child, whatever, whatever it is. Because you're feeling at the moment. Baby, just the way this conversation going tomorrow, I might like something different. Child, hello. So, <laughs> and then all the all the motherfuckers I've dealt with up to this point, maybe it was a sign from God to say that okay, you had that run, and now let's have a new experience, Jesus. And so I don't know. <laughs> we can't, we can't, we can't pinpoint me to, you know, just uh, uh, um, at this point in my life, like I don't, I don't necessarily want to be labeled anything. I just want to be um, right. King King Brian. Amen. And King, I know that's right. Whatever King Brian feel like doing today, um, or whatever God brings my way um, today, Amen. Um, that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna roll with. And if it feels good to me, just like for those who are listening, if whatever you do, if it feels good to you, then who gives a fuck what the label is? So I, I can't. Answer, child. That's that's my answer, child. I love it. So yeah. last question, and then we're wrapping this thing up. What is your ideal, like? person for you being like what's your what 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 are three ca- top characteristics in a person that you look for that that's going to get king b's time oh sure I, I, let me go make another drink child i can't uh, <laughs> this, this is too much lines this is way too much <laughs> <laughs> y'all go on child I'm gonna, y'all go on child no you gotta give us three just three <laughs> okay, so you off the market. So what was the top three things that you looked for and you found in yeah. your book? Um because you moved our so way across me, country. Look, you moved our way across country. <laughs> that I did, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I did leave. A situation to come here and then pursue this situation, but was, was it um, just some good WAP or something, or it was just a good heart? What was it, WAP or heart? You know, honestly, I just felt like you know it's one of those things where it's like you think you're happy, then you experience a space of happiness, and you're like, I can't do anything else until I explore that space in my life, until I give my all to that little piece. I won't, I won't be able to sleep at night, and that's kind of how it was, you know. Because like, you were legit like living with your ex and all that, right? Like. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been through a lot just in my 28 years of being. Yeah, like I've been married and divorced. Yeah, yeah, like for me, you know, the top three things are I read a book called All About Love by Bell Hooks, and I, I really encourage, especially black women to read that book not because i expect for you to resonate with everything that she says from chapter chapter one to the end but because i feel like sometimes we have these generational curses on us that we go and we find comfort in the in the the oppressor the violator you know what i mean like because we have to understand that some of the things we experienced growing up is not all about love you know what i'm some of the things that we were shown by our parents and that we had to watch and that we formed our opinion on how our relationship should be is not all about love. So I encourage all women to read all about love because at least by the end of the book, you get a sense of what a healthy love kind of should consist of. You know what I mean? 
So for me, once I read that book and I read it three times because I really was, I was making excuses for the wrong spaces and the wrong people in my life and I shouldn't have been doing that. So now I can honestly say now that I know myself more and now that I understand a healthy relationship and what love is and how it feels, I would say I'm looking for communication and when I say communication, I don't mean just us talking. And I mean like you understanding me. I don't have to overexert myself to get you to understand where I'm coming from. And you don't have to overexert yourself to get me to understand where you're coming from. I'm open-hearted and I'm here for it, right? That's one. Two, I would say, I mean, if you think that you're with someone that you're not physically attracted to and you're just, it's not gonna work. You have to be physically attracted to the individual. Don't think that physicalities are just stubborn of you or selfish of you. You have to be able to wake up and look at somebody and say, you know what? It don't matter what you coming with. I'm with you. On. I'm with you today. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, with, I'm, I'm, I'm here because I think that like when it comes to the physical thing, people are like, oh, you're, you, you, you care more about looks. It's not that I care more about looks. I know what I like know what you like, you know what I'm saying? And make sure that you're in a place where you can wake up beside that person every single day. And you never like, you know what I'm saying? Nothing else looks better. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's where I feel like the physical part comes in, right? So the number three thing other than communication and making sure that you're with somebody that you can look upon and not just, when I say look upon, I, I know it sounds physical, but not just physical, but a little bit deeper than that, but I'm just going to call it physical. When you look upon somebody and you're like, you know what? I can wake up with you every day. I can go to sleep with you every day. And this is the face I'm willing to, to meet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that after a while, especially when relationships, shit happens. You know what I'm saying? Stuff shit happens. And that makes somebody go from up here. Once you get to know them, they can easily physically go down here. So just make sure that you're with somebody that you know you are attracted to too. Three, I would say that it would be compromised because like I come from a place where, I, well, no, 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 not compromise. Make sure that the person that you're with knows who they are because me, I was in a marriage, I was in a relationship and I wasn't sure with the things that I liked. I wasn't sure that I was, you know, like the, the things that they were bringing to the table, I could live with forever. You know what I mean? At this point, it's like, you know, compromise. How, how do you guys from that communication, and from all the things that are great in your relationship, do you, have to, do you have to go above and beyond and change who you are, the things you like about yourself to be with the person you're with? They should like the same things you like about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with loving someone who you're not, who you don't want to spend the rest of your life with. Love don't have shit to do with it. Sorry to like, you know, break it to you and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like you loving someone and wanting to be with them is great, but the things that you need in your life also take precedence. So, so, all I, so all I'm saying is we have to educate ourselves on the things that are normal and the things that actually make you feel good, not so much the things that we've seen in our past. Make sure that you can wake up to that person every single day and say, you know what, like, I'm really glad that I'm here. And thirdly, make sure that you're comfortable enough with yourself so that you understand what you need in your life. So that person can add value to your life and not bring everything that that you need that's crazy right you know what i mean you shouldn't be bringing everything that someone else needs make sure that everybody's doing their part and everybody's bringing value that's really it you know what i mean i i in my past relationships i expected someone to continuously keep me happy 
And that's why my marriage failed. At this point in my life, I realized I'm the person to make me happy. I'm going to bring my happiness with myself to my relationship. She's going to bring her happiness with herself. And we're going to be two happy people together. You know what I mean? Not having to make changes to our personal self, the people we like. You know what I mean? Make sure your person make, brings the best out of you, but make sure you're not making no drastic changes to yourself. It's a person. Let me tell you something real quick. Whether you know it or not, it's a person out here that's just right for you, just the way they come. You ain't got to change shit about them, okay? You ain't got to convince them of nothing. You don't have to show them nothing. There are people out here that work with the, the person you are today, the person you like. Don't think you have to reduce yourself to be in a situation. And that's really, that's my, that's my ending. That's my, that's my last, that's my love last it. note right there. Love it. Love it. You know what I'm saying? I be Marshall. No question, because there ain't nothing else to say. What else, what else is there to say? Is she, I know. She might drop. No, she said three, but I technically said probably five. No, you 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 said three, and I and I the reason why I said three? three because I have a Trinity complex, and so that Trinity complex, I took my three notes down. Although I I I think they all work together. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have one little you know question, little concern about number two because I really don't yeah. feel like regardless of how much you physically are attracted to somebody, there will always be other people who will who will who will make you you know look look to the left and look, <laughs> at, look, to, look to the right. So like, that's that's unrealistic. To, to even if you have, you know, because I'm sure the queen that she with is just beautiful as all I do is child. Um, but you still look to the left, Hell shit. you still look to the right. But I think, to your point, I think if number number one and number three are part of that number two, then I think that is what will be solid. The total for, package. That makes yeah. it the total package, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, no, don't get me wrong. I am younger. I'm 28. I'm still figuring life out. But for me, I just feel like, I tried to minim I tried to minimize the physical attraction in a relationship because I felt like, oh, like that's just wrong of me to feel like I have to expect, you know, I'm saying expect somebody to live up to a certain thing. I think that everybody likes what they like. Everybody looks up and they look at someone. Eventually, someone could be all you can love someone to death and they could be a great that's the difference between a friend and a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like this person will be all the great things for me, but if I'm not physically there with them, it's it's just, it's not gonna work. I've seen it happen a thousand times, it's happened to me. I'm sure you guys can speak to being in a space where you love somebody to death, but you know what? I can't, I couldn't make, I, all I'm saying is don't be afraid to be selfish with yourself. If it even comes down to physicality, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that's everything, but I'm saying that it does matter when it comes to the beginning of the relationship. And, and I only say and that. And it doesn't make you shallow. I think a lot of people struggle. Yeah, right, right. It doesn't like, make you shallow, shallow to what you like. Because they have a type and they like what they yeah. like. But that doesn't make you shallow. Right. I'd rather right. go with my type than settle. Right. That, and that's what I'm saying. Someone can be at check box two, three, and four. But if they're not checking that first box, all I'm saying is don't be feel burdened when it comes to like, you know, moving forward in relationships because somebody might be great, but you're not physically physically attracted to them. I think that that part of the situation has to be present. There has to be, and, and it's okay to not be attracted to someone physically and be attracted to them, you know, on all the other ways. That's when you realize, that's when you be a big girl or big boy and you realize, okay, I'm an adult. I understand that processing relationships are hard, 
how am I going to, you know, like what, what am I willing, what, what am I willing to do? And what am I, what am I not willing to do? So, I mean, I, I, for me, I, and I, and I have friends that disagree with me. I have friends that I've talked to about this before and they're like, Casey, I don't know. Like I have a friend that's married to someone that they never in a million years was have a front said, okay, I'm physically attracted to you, but they got to know them so well. That's great. But all I'm saying is, don't forget that it's okay to be selfish with yourself and don't forget that it's okay to have a type. You like what you like and that's cool. I, well, this episode has been a lot, <laughs> lot. And it was definitely what I thought it would be times 10, but I am so glad that you two took time out of your busy schedules and just, you know, fuck with me. Like y'all legit sit on here and you were real and you were raw. And that's what the G-Spot is all about. It's about being transparent, being fluid, being open and being honest and being able to tell your fucking story. Like I said, it don't work if I just talk from my experiences and what I'm going through and cause, cause I'm not you, I'm not, I'm not Brian. So I, 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 I want you all to be able to sit on here, even when you're not a guest to be able to chime in, to be able to have questions or topics or things that you want to discuss. Who knows? We may follow up. This may, you know, we may get some questions after this episode and then we'll have a follow-up in a couple of weeks or whatever. And, or we can go live on IG and have like a sit down, a discussion. I've done that too, where I've had like a sit down discussion with my guests on a live and we have people like posing questions and are commenting about the episode. So Again, I thank you all for sitting on the G-Spot with me, TK. And do you all have any closing remarks? You know, I guess I can just say that I want to mention this because, like, I read up on it often. And I think that anytime I get a chance to share with more people, I'm going to do so. Life is a choice. Life is all about what you choose. I know we talk about specific things when it comes to our journeys, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to physical attraction, when it comes to, you know, like this or that. But literally, if you want to see the cup half full instead of empty, that's what you will do. Choose your life and stand on it. And if you make the decision in the moment, whichever decision best suits the person that you are today, you can never regret it. So just life is a choice, whether it be a partnership, whether it be a business, whether it be what you're going to invest in, do what's best for you and what's apparent for you today, because tomorrow is no longer, and I, well, excuse me, yesterday is no longer and tomorrow is not yet. We can only go based on what is apparent now and who we are today. So make your choices based on what you fuck with. That's it. You can never regret a choice that you made and you made the best decision for yourself in the moment. You can never regret that. Because I can look back and say, two, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, at that point in time, that was the best thing for me. Choosing anything other than that will get you fucked. So all I'm saying is, you know, just remember that life is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Understanding is a choice. Openness is a choice. Choose to be on the right side of life. Choose to be on the positive side of life. And that's really where I'm at with it. Thank you. Brian, any closing remarks? Yes, um, TK, thank you again for inviting me to this space. Um, I hope and pray, honestly, that, you know, you will have some listeners who may not be a part of our community who have learned something um, from this conversation. I, I hope and pray that someone who is listening, if they had some stigma um, or had some thoughts that were they were uncomfortable about um, as it relates to the LGBT community, I hope that something that was said 
in this podcast would spark something in their mind to, you know, ask more questions because I know that we're not able to answer, you know, everything in this time and space. Um, those who want to reach out, um, I answer any questions that anybody have. I don't care, but you can, if you're on Facebook, you can go like us. I'm like my organization's page here on Facebook. Um, I also have a website that just launched um, called Mashup Nation. It's M-A-S-H-U-P-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. And you can learn about all the different things that we provide. And most importantly, amen, subject matter that you want to talk about. And I'm sure there's something that we talked about here today that we got uh, training for you as well. So we talk about addressing racism. Okay. Education, addressing um, youth advocacy training tools for parents raising LGBTQ youth of color, bridging the gap between healthcare professionals and um, our population that we serve. And so whatever it is that you have questions that you need a physical, actual training over beyond this fun conversation that we had where, you know, I put on a suit and get real serious, child. Yeah. Uh, but um, if you do have any questions, please, please reach out. Um, to us, we're also on Instagram and so share. I'm looking forward to having more conversations um, like this because the more that we have the conversations, um, the more people who are not in our little circles that we that we are in all the time, mm-hmm. um, be more comfortable, um, you know, asking questions because there are a lot of times um, where and I and I've been guilty of it as well. And you can ask that same mutual friend I was talking about at the beginning. You know, we've gone through phases where you know, and I'm sure she's told you too, where she may ask me questions and I get mad and I just be all. You know what I'm saying? But I had to check that only, you know, because, you know, I understand that people are really maybe confused. Yeah. And although it may be getting, my dogs again, I'm sorry, child. Um, but although, although there, you know, it may get frustrating having to explain stuff over and over. It could be that I may need to explain it in a different way to help people understand. And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand, I wouldn't know that unless we have those conversations where somebody to say, okay, I hear what you said, but I'm still not getting it. So I'm even working on not being frustrated when, you know, people have those conversations, but I'm open um, to having those conversations. And I hope that your listeners and anybody, because I feel like this is going to go viral and then people are going to hit us all over the world. And this show is going to just, you know, <laughs> thousands and thousands. And yeah, speak it, say it out loud now. Yeah. Speak it, pass it on, give, give, <laughs> give me that energy. That's what I, I, But I want you all to push this episode to your friends, to your families, to your peers, to those in your community, to those that are not in your community. Because like you said, there are many of topics, many of questions. A lot was discussed that a lot of people need to hear. And my platform and my community is only so far. I feel like this definitely is a conversation that a lot of people wish that they could sit in on or had some type of hindsight or just being educated. Mm-hmm. on anything that you're not familiar with at this point is is insightful so i am again grateful for you two um it, you know just being yourselves because that's what you were doing just being yourselves and <laughs> you're funny you're bright intelligent selves and so i thank you casey i thank you brian um for my listeners this is the g spot with tk and we're out now Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>